Hi, and welcome back to the American Mill Spouse. I am so excited about this episode. This is the first episode on a new collaboration journey that the American Mill Spouse podcast is taking with Wives of the Air Force, or more affectionately known as WAFs. Jen and Kirst have been on the podcast before where we got to know them a little bit last year. And if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely check it out. It is called Meet Jen and Kirst. Now we're kind of moving on from that intro episode and we're taking a little new adventure, something that I haven't done here before on the podcast, and that's have guests back and talk about different topics and kind of go a little bit beyond that getting to know you and sort of that intro story that I love sharing so much and will absolutely still be a part of this podcast and you can still look forward to episodes like that. But sprinkled in over this coming year, you're going to get to know Jen and Kirst a little bit better and probably me as well in the process as we kind of delve in and talk about different topics. But I'm so excited about this. When we spoke last year, we just all three hit it off. We knew we wanted to do something like this. This has been in the works for months and months now as we have PCS'd and welcomed babies and dealt with last minute husbands leaving and all sorts of craziness and thank goodness still we're able to make this happen. So I am so, so excited. This episode this week, we are jumping in and going for it. We are talking current events. We're talking about things that are going on in Ukraine right now. We're talking about what that's looked like and felt like for us, how we have managed our mental health, some of the feedback that we've gotten from all of you. And if you're not following all of us on social media, definitely check that out because we are absolutely incorporating all of you in these episodes. We're asking you questions ahead of time. We're taking your feedback and we're sharing that on here too. So this episode was absolutely a part of what I dreamed of this podcast being, which is just smart women sitting around having a chat and kind of forgetting that we're being recorded and just sharing our hearts and our thoughts on things that are really top of mind to all of us right now. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to get this new series started. I hope you all love it. Please let us all know what you think. Let us know in the comments on social media. And I'm always so grateful for you to take the time to subscribe and review and let us know if this is what you want to keep hearing. Give us your feedback on what you want to hear us talk about in the future. And I just really hope you enjoy it. We're so excited to bring this to you and bring our communities together and just share our hearts. So let's get started. Hey, we are Jen and Kirst. We are from Wives of the Air Force blog and Instagram and large Facebook group. Um, we started this community of Air Force Wives back in 2018. So it's been four years now. And we were just looking ourselves for some encouragement online as we had started our respected. We weren't finding what was a good reflection of our experiences so far, which had been actually positive in the Air Force. So once we got this started, we were able to find a lot of like-minded spouses. And ever since then, it has turned into a huge online family and community of Air Force wives and significant others, fiancés, girlfriends, who all feel welcomed, no matter what their journey to becoming a WAF has looked like. Yes. And for those who are regular listeners, you guys may sound familiar to them. We have 
done an episode before. I think it was probably close to a year ago now, which is crazy, but we connected yeah. and for that kind of entire time, we've been in the midst of life events, brainstorming this collaboration of sorts. And I think essentially at the risk of speaking for you guys, it sort of was, we've got the same goals, mm-hmm. very like-minded and kind of going about it with two separate ways mm-hmm. and you guys not having the time or space for a podcast, me not having the time or space for all of the amazing things that you're doing <laughs> and us being like, then let's put these together. Join forces. And we share so much of a community already. Yep. And like you said, more importantly, I think we share a mindset. And so we're really excited to bring our communities together and just kind of share where our heads are with these things and share the responses that we've gotten from the community already. We put out some polls and look for some feedback on the topic that we're about to discuss. And that alone, we're so excited to share because I think that it's really helpful to see when there's a common voice on something and to see when you're not alone and maybe to see, Hey, maybe what you're feeling isn't the norm and let's look into why. So I'm just so excited about it. And like I said, we've been working on this and we've had babies and moves and (laughs) deployments, so many things, and we did it and we're here. So (laughs) finally, oh my gosh, you get some military spouses together on one project and you're so extremely driven, Mm -hmm. but you also have a million life curveballs. So yeah, we've had a lot of like, we're just going to take a pause for about a month. Oh, that month turned into two. Okay, here we Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And Jen, like just the logistics right now of the time zone differences of all of us trying to coordinate to do this recording is like insane. No kidding. So I think one thing that I think is so interesting too, is that when we first started this and then started finding each other, like we found you through the platform and Jen and I selfishly will talk about like this platform has served us both personally, because these ideas that we had or this mindset that we had felt so unique to us. And then what we started realizing is it's actually not quite a few significant other spouses are out there feeling and thinking Mm -hmm. the same things. And that just took the weight of the world off of our shoulders. Like we don't have to do this by ourselves anymore. We have this huge community of people that are willing to step up and empower each other to get through this tough stuff. So here we are as a testament to that of the three of us coming together to just say like, we get it. We hear each other. We see each other. And yeah. Yeah. And the thing that I love so much about you guys and what drew me to you and to wanting to do this so much is that, like you said, it came from you guys having a positive experience, but it's very clear anyone who's followed you for even a minute that there's nothing toxic about the positivity. It's not an everything's always fine mentality. And that's what I love. And I think that that's the piece that is so generally universal that there are very hard parts about this and you guys don't skirt around those. Neither do I, but that the majority of us want to be happy, want to be positive, you know, want to be in a good space. So it's more about taking these really hard things and accepting and acknowledging them and figuring out how Mm -hmm. to not walk around angry and sad and scared and mad because Mm -hmm. they're things that can make you angry and scared and sad and mad. They're big things. And so, and sometimes the answer to that is straight up just community and just being like, we're all scared. Mm -hmm. We're all sad. And that Mm -hmm. actually making you feel better. So Mm -hmm. I love that you guys do that. 
Yeah, I think our civilian friends now more than ever feel that too with mm-hmm. what's happening globally because you see the posts that are going around it. Like, I feel guilty sitting in my heated house, washing my face, like tucking my kids into a warm bed mm-hmm. with full stomachs, knowing what's happening across the world. And I think that's something that as military spouses, we've had to balance for a long time. We have a little bit of insight as to what's going on globally more so than the average person just because of the nature of our significant other, mm-hmm. their jobs, you know, they're deployed in Kuwait or wherever. And we know like we're trying to live our lives normally here, knowing that this heaviness is happening mm-hmm. to another family somewhere mm-hmm. else. Right. And I think that that's very true that it's not to say that we're better at, I mean, in a way, I guess it's compartmentalizing, but we've practiced that where we've been in rooms where we're the only person who has that on our mind. We're the only person whose husband is in the air, in combat somewhere, probably in that moment while you're at a kid's birthday party and figuring out how to be both of those people at the same time and have that worry that's never going to go away when your loved one is doing something hard, but still proceeding with the rest of your life and not stopping and being scared every single time that happens and, and how you make that work. And it's not to say that it's perfect or that any of us do it perfectly, but it's not as foreign to us. And I think that it's a muscle for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. And, and I know that was one of the questions that we put out to the community yesterday. And that was as military spouses, if you feel an obligation to stay informed of current events. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what kind of balance or how you guys feel about that. Yeah. Well, the community was an overwhelming yes. Like they do feel an, an obligation and the word obligation itself. We got a lot of response on that. Like it's not necessarily an obligation as much as it is a Mm -hmm. desire. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the language itself is tricky just in framing these, these types of questions we're asking each other. And I hear that feedback too of no one's telling me I need to be informed. Mm -hmm. Not even my spouse is telling me I need to be informed, Mm -hmm. but it makes our family functioning a lot easier if I am informed and somewhat current on what's going on because I can then kind of prepare Mm -hmm. what might happen. And Jen, I feel like you can really speak to that as of late. Yeah. I mean, I'm really thankful for the more like civilian journalists that are coming out who are like, we're just going to like shoot it to you straight kind of like C-SPAN style a little bit, because I think that for myself taking it in a, just a touch so that I can potentially forecast like, all right, how is my husband who's a cargo pilot? How is he going to play a role in whatever's to come, whatever the potential moves are coming up? I mean, like you said, like living in the present, but also being aware of your spouse being gone. I was going in for one of my last doctor's appointments in my pregnancy. I think I was 36 weeks. So I was thinking I'm probably going to have an ultrasound today. They're going to tell me how far along I am, how close I am to delivering. Oh, and 30 minutes ago, my husband found out he's leaving in four hours to go over and bring troops over to Europe. It was crazy. I mean, they start putting that blood pressure cuff on me. I said, listen, y'all, it is going to be high. <laughs> and it was. It was like 144 over something. I was like, yeah, 
I'm just a little stressed. You're like, it would actually be an issue if it weren't high considering. Actually, that's what my nurse said. And I was so Yeah. But it is wild. And part of it, something that I've been just wondering, is this just part of life? Like, am I just coming of age to be just aware of these things? I mean, I was in second grade whenever 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And something else I've seen floating around is that like, this is just also a little bit of part of the human experience of, like you said, mm-hmm. that balancing that there's just crap in the world, but, and not to just mm-hmm. sound like a horn tootin' over patriotic person over here, but like that warm, cozy house is what our husband's and spouses are protecting. So to find mm-hmm. a way to be grateful for that warm, cozy house while understanding that holy yeah. crap. And I think as we do try to spread positivity and stuff, when we see these world events on our platform, we are trying to spread the word to both military and civilians of like how we're trying to handle it. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to find that balance whenever military voices are able to be amplified. How are we speaking and how are we talking to our civilian friends? And so even Kirsten and I have talked about this with the information we put out, we don't need to be doom and gloom all the time. You can Mm -hmm. very easily be like, wow, just everything sucks. Everything (laughs) is scary and sucks all the time. Mm -hmm. But again, like, Right now, at this moment, we have these beautiful homes and we have safety and security that our military is part of protecting. And we need to be so grateful and relish in that. And it's not bad to say, I have a beautiful home right now in a time that people are running away because they would like you to be thankful for it, I think. Yeah. They wish they had that again. Oh, yeah. And that's something I read somewhere, a line that said, if history has taught us anything, it's that these are very precedented times and that this is so hard and dark and there's so much, but it has been hard and dark and there's been so much, so many times throughout history, which I don't say to downplay any of this. This is totally scary and intense, but more so just that people have found joy in all of those times as well. Mm -hmm. And things have coexisted and persevered. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. The good and the bad have been together at the same time over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to say, and to go back to staying informed. I know that for me, it's been tough to find the balance Mm -hmm. to like when when I say, when this all first started all of what, 11 days ago, Mm -hmm. speaking specifically to Ukraine, I could not stop. Like I was on my phone every 30 seconds just reading. And because one thing that I would do and I found some comfort in was I would find something or read something and and my husband was not at home and I would text him and Mm. say, translate this for me. Or what does this mean? And, you know, and somewhat sometimes selfishly, like, what does this mean for you, for Mm -hmm, us? mm -hmm. Because that would help me at least frame, like you said before, kind of, I'm hearing this news and I'm trying to figure out what my lens is for it. And what are the risks for me? And do I need to start shifting into 
he might be packing his bags. Mm -hmm. Is that where my head needs to go? And I need to get into that space because we can exist in all these different spaces. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, hard times show you that one thing I've learned is sort of like, I have a certain capacity for sadness and for fear and for anger. And it's the capacity isn't really pushed beyond a certain amount, no matter how hard or scary or sad something is. And it's not fun, but I'm kind of like, all right, do I need to go to the extreme and then figure out how to sit there? Is that what I need to get to right now or not? And so just sort of hearing his versions of things, which weren't always comforting, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. the answers are raw and real and, but still it was okay. Then I know it. Yeah. Then I know it. I have the information. Mm -hmm. And so now how do I, let's teach myself. How do I now go sit down at work and how do I go to the belly Mm -hmm. class, whatever, like with the scary thought or with that reality? Well, some of it for me is like, I feel capable of handling Mm -hmm. it and hearing the tough news from my spouse and being able to process that. And I want to be the game of telephone for Mm -hmm. our loved ones to then like take the actual raw message of the facts Mm -hmm. and then soften that a little bit so that it's a little bit more digestible to our family and friends because they will ask. And I want to be the one giving them the information because I know it's Mm -hmm. correct. And I know that it's not fear mongering. Mm -hmm. It's just the facts and present them in a way that is truth, but encouraging, Mm -hmm. you know, giving them hope in the situation, which is what this conversation, you know, has been about thus far is that it isn't all doom and gloom. There's goodness happening everywhere. And this isn't unique to our generation Mm -hmm. that this is happening. This has happened over the course of history multiple times. Mm -hmm. So how do we, as this generation process this with an influx of information coming up to us from all angles? Well, you can come to me as a trusted person. That's going to give you, you know, a digestible version of it at least. Yeah. And I think that like, again, with the consumption, I think it does soften the digestion for sure. I mean, I think the day that I found out that my husband was leaving, I mean, I'm telling you that phone call started with, have you seen the news? To which my answer was no. (laughs) I didn't know I was supposed to be watching any news. And then followed by like, I'm leaving tonight. And I honestly think that so much of my tears and like weepiness, I mean, I would just, Kirsten called me, I saw her face and I started Mm -hmm. crying, was just from shock. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like, reading these things helps me brace myself mm-hmm. for impact. Mm-hmm. And there's times that I'm like, oh, I want to crawl in a hole. I'm trying to think of the last time that was. And honestly, I think a lot of it was whenever we were in pilot training and things were mm-hmm. hitting the fan in Afghanistan. And I was not very informed mm-hmm. back then. I did not watch the news and I was just terrified. And so, yeah, I think that it brings a level of control into my life that I need to be able to cope. And Kirsten and I talk about this all the time, like whether it be this or your PCS or anything else in military life, like you have no control. So finding your little mm-hmm. wear inch is right. all you can hold on to yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I know. Like for me, it's been yeah. a sectional couch. Like our PCS has been such a cluster, but I'm like, <laughs> if we get to move, I know we need a new sectional. <laughs> And that's been like, yeah, I can control 
the couch. I don't know. I'm not even <laughs> yep. sure that we are moving. I'm not sure that we are moving into that house. But if we do, I'm going to be ready with that piece. I'm getting I'm that cap that box. <laughs> yep. and, it's, and that's obviously a very simple example. And I don't know about you guys, but for me too, a lot of times there is, we can sit here in, in a place where we aren't immediately getting any information right now with this mm-hmm. perspective, but I know like for us, some of the backstory. So like, we're supposed to move this summer and there was essentially like a clerical error that has put everything oh, no. in question. And like my husband had um, like a rip or whatever yep. in like November, mm-hmm. but then this all has been up in the air and now we still are waiting and we're supposed to close on the house April 1st. And it's, March 12th today and we're still waiting. So it's like, but when he first told me like, Hey, um, someone put down a two instead of a three and here we are. Uh, I was mad. Like I was mad for like, I think it was probably like eight straight minutes where I just talked and didn't even take a breath, you know, where it's like, and here's what, like, and if this happens and I meant, you know, and just like so mad. Yep. And then an hour later, I'm like, okay. I'm still angry, but here's why I'm at now. And like, now I'm in this like much better perspective. Like if this happens yep. then, and if that happens then, mm-hmm. and just being able to do that, but like, you're not, it doesn't come immediately. There's nothing about like wanting to be no. that person and wanting to be positive. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you don't start off fully human. And that's the key. I was just having like appetizers and wine last night with a couple of spouses that are here and I haven't spent a lot of time with them. So we're in those early phases of friendship of just like talking through these things. Like how do you deal with tough news in your marriage? You know, like fundamental things that I used to tiptoe around and wait, but now I'm like, I need to know this (laughs) because I need Mm -hmm. to know if you're my people that I can go to when crisis Mm -hmm. happens. Like, you know, are you the person that I'm able to call and say like, Hey, I need help. And I can trust that it's going to be the help Mm -hmm. that I need. And I think that it was so funny to hear them mirror exactly what you just shared and how I feel. And I know how Jen feels, which is I need my Mm -hmm. time to just be mad. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at the air force. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at the military or our political party Mm -hmm. or anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm just mad Mm -hmm. and I need to feel mad. And then we can start looking for solutions because right now there is no right answer. Mm -hmm. I just need to be angry. And they said that. And I'm like, man, it feels good to know that's a normal reaction Mm -hmm. that you're not out of control or overly emotional. Mm -hmm. You're just Mm -hmm. being a human. Yeah. And you just got tossed a curveball because I think that a part of this control piece too is I loved Cohen veterans group. I, we shared this on our platform was talking about coming up for air and I'd never heard it put quite like that before, Mm -hmm. but taking a break from media, social Mm -hmm. media included, if you're feeling consumed or overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and just recognizing that in yourself, you know, like uh, the other day I was on my phone and I'm like, Oh, like catching myself, like audibly sighing, Mm -hmm. reading frustrating political opinions Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I even reading this? If I'm this worked up about it right now, I just need to put it down, go Mm -hmm. do something productive Mm -hmm. and come back to it when I'm able to actually you know, digest it in a way that feels helpful. And majority of our communities, that question we posted of, have you had to take a mm-hmm. break from the media or social media? And over 700 people said, yes, they have. Yeah. And that, that makes me happy, not sad. It makes me happy because it means 
people are monitoring their mental mm-hmm. and emotional health. Totally. And that's the most important during seasons right. of conflict. Well, and I feel like that keeps other people in your circle too. I mean, like we said before, like this is so much of our life, but it isn't necessarily all these civilians' lives and that's okay. They do not need to be worried about this as much as we are. Again, that's kind of the job. Mm-hmm. But then we also have children. And so sometimes you're just staring at your phone and you're just so frustrated and you're wondering when the next news update is going to come. And you look up and you see a sweet baby cheeks mm-hmm. staring at you. And you're like, wow, I need to be present right. for this. Because again, this is something that I have right in front of me that is not stressed, is not worried, and you need to control yourself around them. I mean, we've seen so many things about military kids and them being resilient. And sometimes you just have to be the resilient one for them. They don't need to see mom or dad stressing constantly when these events kick off. Right. And as much as these times in history have happened before, they have not happened with this level of information and this real time information. And the fact that you know, in the past, you would need to wait till the next day's news cycle or the evening news. Mm-hmm. You couldn't scroll and see, like you said, like civilian updates and mm-hmm. see videos of real time horror. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. really hard to look away from. And that, like you said, to see these atrocities and mm-hmm. then play hi ho cheerio and feel like you're going to be even close to all in on that. Like humans can't yeah. do that. We're not totally as good at compartmentalizing as we may get. And as the more practiced people with a lot of that, I would say no human can do that well. No. And I think that's something I have to remind myself of because as badly as I want to know what's going on. And as Mm -hmm. much as, like you said, that does make me feel more in control. Mm -hmm. I actually had a manager coworker who was giving me advice recently. That was just sort of that she starts everything in life with, I am a mom and a wife first, Yeah, every decision. Like if she ever feels uncertain, if she ever feels stressed or whatever, just stopping and being like, is mom and wife coming first, mm-hmm. whatever this mm-hmm. is. And that's been really valuable to me. I mean, and it's been like for like little decisions, you know, yeah. or I'm still just yep. like, well, if there's a toss up here, or if I'm not sure, or do I, like you said, okay, I see this thing that I disagree with deeply. And for me, it's harder when I see something I disagree with. I'm more apt to engage when it's somebody Mm. who I either know or respect, or I think is, you know, an intelligent person who's really thinking through this. I'm more inclined to engage because I think that it can be productive. Not Mm -hmm. that I'm going to change minds or they're going to change minds, but like Mm -hmm. I've learned the hard way when there's a time that's just a waste of your time, right? For sure. Waste yes. of your mental space. But there are conversations that are good and that help me grow too. But with that said, even that sometimes I'm like, is she thinking about this? Or, okay, but what about this? And it's like, yes, but right now, like yep. you said, there are two little babies running around my living room. Mm-hmm. Is this the time? Even mm-hmm. if this is a good conversation, because the world as it is right now is not going to schedule anything. Everything's yeah. available all the time. And I'm just starting to get a little bit better about that when it comes to not, you know, the multitasking of, it's just a different kind of multitasking when you're taking in things from the world and trying to do things at home. Yes. That's different from playing a game while you fold laundry. Well, and 
I approach it too. I've really challenged myself because something that I had talked about with a friend is how much we miss dinner parties mm-hmm. and being able to have tough conversations while breaking mm-hmm. bread. It's a lot different of a conversation when you're sitting across from someone and having it. If you disagree on something, then it is like typing in DMs or Facebook messenger or even texting, you know, to be able to sit across from someone that you care about and you mm-hmm. know, and hear their opinion on something that might not be aligned with yours perfectly. Mm-hmm. That's where learning and growth actually mm-hmm. happens. And so for me, it's like, not only am I not being present for my kids in that scenario, but I'm also not being present in that conversation in a way that anyone's going to mm-hmm. learn from it, including myself. So like, why not just pause one thing, which the thing to pause makes the most sense is the conversation and wait until I'm with them next and say like, Hey, I remember you posted mm-hmm. this and I, I wanted to talk about that more. I wanted to learn about that more. And that's going to end up being a lot better. I would guess for everyone involved than trying to do it over social mm-hmm. media. That's a great point. Yeah. I agree with that too, because I think that there's so much it's misconstrued over social media and the nuance of it is lost. Yeah. And we have really good friends that are coming to mind who I would say the majority, especially when we were younger, the majority of our core beliefs were opposing Mm -hmm. from Christianity to atheism and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And yet we have been close friends for 11 years now. And that I think in hearing you say that kind of makes me even more aware of that. That's a lot of it as a testament to how often we disagreed in person and how often, even mm-hmm. at 22, when we disagreed in more immature ways mm-hmm. that you had that ability to like circle back. And then even then just like watch TV together and whatever the case may be like, that's important where it's like, you might not be able to yep. kind of verbally express all of the, that nuance that ultimately is no matter what I care about you mm-hmm. and we're going to forever yeah. disagree on this, but I care about you. And in those like rapid fire, social media, texting message, whatever, a lot of that's lost. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that's left yeah. to be wondered about. And yeah. it's tricky because it is such a beautiful way of staying connected with people, but keeping in mind that it's, it's not all encompassing. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's something else I've thought about a lot too, just with our generation navigating this is how accessible we as military families are to mm-hmm. people. Because uh, like Jen and I had talked about this on our platform, some of the posts that were circulating of like, don't ask mm-hmm. me as a military family, like, please don't ask me mm-hmm. anything. And how we, I mean, it took us days mm-hmm. of conversation between Jen and myself to kind of flush it out, process through that of like, do we want to be asked? Like, do we not want to be asked? Like, what do yeah. we feel in response to this? We just know that we're, we're like, whoa, that caught us mm-hmm. off guard, this post. How do we feel about it? And kind of settled on, it's not that we don't want to be asked. And a lot of people in our community said, it's not being asked, it's who's mm-hmm. asking. Like people are coming out of the woodworks. Like a kid I had one class with in high mm-hmm. school, have never spoken to since, knows I'm a military spouse. And now wants to ask, like, do you have any insight on what's happening yeah. over there that they wouldn't be getting from mm-hmm. the general media. And that's offensive yep. mm-hmm. because you're just using my family and our circumstance for your own, you know, mm-hmm. not clickbait, I guess, but like gossip. Yeah. yeah. It's the intention. Yeah. Why are they asking you? Right. It's not place of concern. Yeah. It's funny when you posted that you had the answer box and I was like, it's not going to fit. <laughs> and I, I was started typing you guys a separate message. It was so long and I did something and like lost it. And I was like, we'll talk about it later. But because I couldn't decide either because I feel like I've felt both. Mm -hmm. Like I've had people reach out and it meant so much. 
And I think, again, it comes back to why they're reaching out for mm-hmm. one, like you said, and that goes into a lot of things. Like when people will ask about, um, like our oldest daughter's adopted, people ask questions, some questions do not phase me mm-hmm. at all. They love and care about Annie. They love and care about us. Mm-hmm. It's from a place of caring. Mm-hmm. Some people are just nosy and mm-hmm. curious. Mm-hmm. And when you can decipher those two, I feel such a difference in how I respond and what I feel like responding. And so I agree that I think there's some intention. And then I think for me, the other piece was that compartmentalizing to where it's like, if I'm like we said, you've got your like angry space mm-hmm. and then your acceptance space. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I am in the angry space or transitioning, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a hard time to get that question. Yeah. You know, when it's remind me when you're moving, like that's very innocent. Yeah. But if you're asking it during my eight minutes of rage, yep, I don't want you to ask. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a fair question. And they're just curious about your life. And that, like, we have so many wonderful friends and family who are literally just trying to keep up yep. Yep. all the time when they're like, yep. remind me where you live, remind me where you're moving, remind yep. me how long you're there. And so I think sometimes it's like, if I'm still processing, mm-hmm. that's a hard time to get the questions because it's like, I don't know the answer. It makes me angry that I don't know the answer. Wow. And so I don't want to be reminded that I don't know the answer if I'm sitting down watching The Bachelor <laughs> shutting my brain yep. off. So totally, I could understand that. But I think that, like you said, ultimately, I want people to want to be in our lives yep. as hard as it is to keep up with our life as all over the place as it is. Mm-hmm. And as much as I can appreciate when I know that it's coming, when the questions are coming from someone who just cares and just wants to be. Yeah. We just truly can't expect everybody to be able to read our minds all the time. Right. Right. And even the nosy people, because the nosy person could be your neighbor, but it also could be your very close family Mm -hmm. member. So how you handle those, it's going to be Mm -hmm. different. And I think that so much of this comes from your relationship with your partner and how you guys communicate about that. Can you be a team in protecting each other? Is your active duty spouse, significant other, do they get triggered by questions? Mm -hmm. So therefore, do you need to be the one answering questions? Or I think my husband actually kind of enjoys fielding some of those questions, at least from his family side. So I let him take the reins Mm -hmm. on that. And he knows that there are specific people that can trigger me by questions. And so he has now taken it upon himself to shut those people down Mm -hmm. early. And not even, I'm sure he does it in a really graceful way, but I'm pretty sure in the last conflict, he told a few people like, don't even text Mm -hmm. Jen. She's got a lot going on. Just message me and I'll take it from there. And I was so grateful. Now, if those people do slip through the cracks, I have my people Mm -hmm. that I can go vent Mm -hmm. to. That is also a very healthy coping mechanism. I'll send Kirsten a very quick, like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, tell me everything. I mean, and that goes back to like that control yes. factor of like, what can you control? And we talked about this a little bit too. I told Jen, and this is going to sound probably nuts to some people, but when the news started escalating, the first thing I did was go over to my social media and mm-hmm. just start cleaning mm-hmm. house. I was like, if I don't know you, if I haven't talked to you, like I've got to get you out. I've got to protect me and mine. Like this is the, I'm a wife. Mm-hmm. I'm a mother first. I'm protecting me and mine right now and getting everything tightened up and, and getting us locked down here so that I can be the best in those roles. Cause I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And that was my weird way of just controlling the scenario, cleaning everything up. So I wasn't getting a random yeah. message from somebody 
in my inbox. I didn't even have to mm-hmm. decline it because they didn't have the access mm-hmm. to me anymore. So that was a my sectional <laughs> control factor in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you completely. And that's something that I've started trying to be much more aware of when I'm just reading. And oftentimes it's people who are, you know, like it's, ra- so random. it's random people that I'm like, my blood pressure is going up. And I don't know if I've ever met you in real life. You know, like you are somebody's cousin's aunt's brother. Yeah. yeah. Why am I mad? Yes. Like, goodbye, you know? And it's, it's tricky because I am not shy about sharing my thoughts and opinions, but again, it goes back to really the wife mm-hmm. and mom thing where it's like, if, yeah, where are you putting your energy? Yeah. And also our hearts and minds going to be changed yep. or even yes opened because like okay. I said, I love having friends with different opinions because it keeps me in check too. Like there's certain things that I feel strongly about and there's certain things that I know are confusing mm-hmm. and it's important that here's what I think, but you know, it's complicated and I want to be reminded of how other people think about it. But then there's just the, yep. it's like, if you're just getting mm-hmm. mad, just stop, <laughs> get it out, get it out. My Facebook does not have yeah. very many people in its feed anymore. I'll tell you. <laughs> and, I'll, oh. and I'll have like the, the yeah. 30 day snoozes that I'm like, oh, it's, must, it's been 30 days because oh, all of a sudden yeah. I feel I'm angry. Why am I angry on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kirsten also in her doing that, she texted me and told me that I needed to do it. I think I'm like her ancillary that she was like, you also got locked down because your people yeah. could see me. <laughs> This is something I know Jen and I have talked about a lot is it's so easy to think like the grass is greener, right? We're looking over there at our situation mm-hmm. and we're like, man, they've got it so good. But, and, and I shared this in a post on WAFS too about Jen's scenario. All I could think when Jen was going through this is I wish this, I could take that from her, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not 37 weeks pregnant. Like I, it's not a big deal for me. It wouldn't be fun. I'm not wishing my husband to mm-hmm. war. But like, I would rather bear that burden and you hear someone else's reality and all of a sudden your reality becomes a pretty sweet deal. Right. I couldn't agree more. And I was just talking to a friend about the same with another mutual friend. So many similarities between, you know, like fighter pilots and same age and just kind of one of those, like that could easily be us. And yet somehow she's just been alone so many more times, whether it's for different, like long trainings, deployments, et cetera, where it's just like the way that that shakes out and you feel like you feel some guilt about it. And mm-hmm. I think kind of a smaller way when I know our husbands will feel about like yep. deployments and stuff, or it's tricky to not feel guiltier than to not feel like, why do I get to have my husband here? Why does this get to be easier for me? And, and of course you never know what the next day is going to bring, but I think it's interesting too the active duty members feeling that as well, because that was something that I share Mm -hmm. with Jen. We had quite a few messages about that of spouses saying like my spouse, it feels immense guilt that they're not being called to serve or called to action to directly impact what's going on. And they're watching their peers and their friends. And for whatever reason, like they're not the ones going and they're trying to process what that looks like. And I'm trying to support mm-hmm. them. <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, oh, I'm glad it's not you going. But on the other hand, you're watching this person that you love that signed up to serve their country in times like these, especially. And right. they're just like broken by not being able to do mm-hmm. what they want to do. Yeah. 
I mean, that's exactly how my husband felt during Afghanistan in the fall, because we were in the middle of our PCS. So our entire previous squadron was sent out. And he was like, how did I miss this? Before that, it was the birth of our first daughter. I don't know if anybody even remembers that this happened, but we suddenly sent everybody over to Iran in one day. Mm -hmm. And so we were getting calls from our friends while they were on an ocean crossing and we were in the hospital and they were like, we're off to war. Have you had your baby yet? And my husband was like, what's going on? Again? So this was his first thing. And I think part of it is for all of us, whether it's the active duty or the spouse, like that kind of, I don't want to say comparison, but of like, am I military enough? Like, am I military hard enough? Mm -hmm. I mean, in my last. You have these badges. Totally. Like the movie. We've talked about the movie. Like deployments. Yes. All the things. That's funny. And that's so true. It's like, it's not a contest and that like, I don't ever think about it in other people, but yeah, these things that you feel that make you feel more like cemented into the community or something that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even leading WAFs for the last at least three years that I was at McCord felt weird for me because my husband was never gone. Mm. He had a job with him home and he flew extremely predictable missions that were forecasted out three, four months in advance. Mm. I made vacation plans easily. I had a very normal life. Mm-hmm. And I, I shared that with Kirsten a few times. Like, how do I connect with this community when I'm not struggling? It's sad that there's a certain level of hardship that feels like it has to be sort of like a regular undercurrent in order for us to feel like we're earning our, our place amongst our, our peers. And I think that's to go back to the, the greater podcast purpose is like how much I've learned that that is not accurate, how many different types of military spouse there are and how different the challenges are. And some of them are just more obvious and some of them are more frequent or more it's more widespread if whether, you know, mm-hmm. like deployments is the obvious one. Right. But mm-hmm, yeah. the different ways that it can be a challenge are the people who are at a base as like the only naval mm-hmm. officer with mm-hmm. zero community. And he may never deploy, but to, there is not a single person who understands what they're going through at that time. And that's its own separate isolating challenge. And, and honestly, those are some of the most heartbreaking mm-hmm. messages that we get is I'm alone. Yeah. Hey, Um, my spouse is a jag and they're one of two in the office or someone just messaged us the other day saying that they live three hours from their base. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know. I don't really know why. (laughs) I can't, I can't remember. That's been a discussion quite a bit too. A hot topic is spouses prioritizing their career, Mm -hmm. which, Mm -hmm. and I know there's a formal word for this and I can't, I can't recall it right now where you live. Like yeah. geo-batching. geo-batching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that has been something that a lot of, they're like, I feel so alone. Like people criticize the yeah. decision. They just mm-hmm. don't understand. And it's so sad because what could be so hard for one person could be the easiest thing for someone else. You know, a six right. month deployment could be someone's worst nightmare. And another family, they're like, oh, I would rather have a six month deployment than the pace that your spouse has to be gone in, out, in, out all the right. time. So you just don't know. And we try to make mm-hmm. sense of it in our mind. And like, it doesn't necessarily have to make sense. 
you know, just right. show up for people in the way they're asking you to. You don't have to make it fit your mind as long as it fits theirs. Yeah. And I think that because we are all in this quote military spouse community, I think it's tricky not to fall into that and not to put yourself in that position because there are always going to be pieces of it that you can relate to. You know, I can relate to the government telling you where you live and I can relate to pieces of it, but recognizing that it's kind of that, like the tip of the iceberg analogy, right? Like, yep, you can relate to what you can see, but 90% of it is below the surface and you have no idea what any of that is like. So when this person is really struggling with something that maybe that you've been through and that was really simple for you or that you didn't really bat an eye at that is just Mm -hmm. fully throwing them for a loop that you don't need to look down on that or you don't need to question why it's so much harder for them. Just it is, it's harder. It's harder. for. It's that same, like just you wait language that you see a lot in motherhood. It's kind of the same in the military spouse community of like, Oh, you're, you had a three month appointment. Mm -hmm. Like just you wait until this happens. Just you wait until your spouse is out of town and your dishwasher floods your whole game. You know, everyone's got their stories. We could do this over and over again. And that's truthfully why Jen and I like to open up opportunities for people to share. Like, how has this impacted your family to hear some other people's stories and then talk about Mm -hmm. that? Because I don't think that anyone myself as a military spouse included has a full idea of how it can impact people on multiple different levels. Mm -hmm. Like we had one person share the kind of like trauma her and her spouse had to process whenever this, this news all broke and the conflict really started becoming what it now is because her husband was on an ISIS hit list, you know, when that conflict was rearing its ugly head. And she's like, this is the news of like all, and just like seeing it all, it just triggered our family. And we had to go back and patch up that trauma Mm -hmm. a little bit of that event. I'm like, I didn't even know, like, didn't even know that would be a thing. Didn't even think that somebody that's following along would have gone through that. It's insane. I know. And I, I remember that in a very removed from it way, I'm pretty sure a lot of that happened when my husband was in pilot training. And so, which for us, the silver lining of that was the introduction to locking down your social media and OPSEC and everything kind of right at the beginning, but also like the holy crap, like this is real life. This is real, like real enemies, real danger. And, you know, Welcome yeah. to the Air Force by fire. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I think we were the same year group and I truly remember walking around Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. My husband was in pilot training at Vance in Enid, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, and just literally being depressed. And that's when my husband first got to understand how sensitive mm-hmm. I can be to some of this knowledge. And because I just feel like when that ISIS stuff happened. It's like, if you were in the military, they know you, they have all of your information Mm -hmm. already. It doesn't matter if you've been in for one year or 10 years and they're coming. And I was terrified. Yeah. I was like, why did I choose to start loving this person four months ago? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like how'd you get in this situation? It is. I mean, we've talked about OPSEC on WAST before and we have a Facebook group of 6,000 incredible significant others in there, giving each other good tips, advice, recommendations. But every now and then, like we have to be the gatekeeper and say, you cannot share Mm -hmm. that. 
Mm -hmm. like, but it's a private group of military spouses and and we do our very best to keep Mm -hmm, it tight and keep it locked down. But like the internet is not a safe spot regardless. So you have to be so sensitive about what you're sharing. And Jen and I talk a lot about like, find your friends Mm -hmm. in person, real people that you can call and talk to about the stuff that's really sensitive and heavy hitting because the internet posting it on your Facebook is not the way to go. And if they don't get it yet, educate them a little bit. I mean, (laughs) we are in the 1%. We truly cannot expect everybody to understand. Sometimes whenever I'm telling my family information, I'm not watering it down. Sometimes I'm saying, wait, hold on. You didn't exactly react as strongly as you needed to. I'm telling you this never (laughs) happens. You need to be alarmed for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they realize, oh, crap. Oh, okay. oh yeah. This yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. you can make the people that you already have understand. And sometimes those civilians can actually react even better than other mm-hmm. military families too. Like we said before, it could be like, oh, yeah, I did that like three times last year. It's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. this is my first time and this is scary. Yep. And that can go both ways too, where someone who's been there, Just being careful because I can sometimes find comfort when something that's scary to me is not a big deal to someone else Mm. because it, I always equate it to sort of that like big sister thing where I know there have been times where like I've been brave because my sister's been scared, right? And sort of like, oh, okay. It's sort of the inverse of that of, oh, okay, I'm scared, but they're not. So maybe maybe it's not that scary. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. maybe this will be okay. Maybe this isn't completely uncertain. Mm-hmm. Someone's seen it before. And so I, th- I think that it's totally okay to, you know, not necessarily react big if it's something that doesn't scare you, but still respecting that it does scare the person you're talking to. And yeah. and just asking them what they need. And that mm-hmm. goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, it's not about us having to understand it as the helper. Mm-hmm. It's about us understanding what they need. Yep. And one of my sweetest friends, she's a civilian and she's super thoughtful about this and will always just say, hey, I see what's going on. What do you need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it's nothing, if you need to ignore this text, I understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always so helpful because sometimes I'm like, I just need to call you and complain for a little bit Mm -hmm. and I need you to feel really bad for me. (laughs) And she's like, okay, you got it. Or I'll say like, I know I don't need any extra support right now. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. super grateful that you reached out but I don't, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. Um, And that's just a helpful way because I might need them to be alarmed. And like I said, feel a little sorry for me or pump my tires a little bit of like, you know, thanks so much for everything that you're doing to like, let me have my Panera coffee today. Um, (laughs) But other times it's like that also is just like a little too much because you don't, you see the other side of it, what some of your, your military friends are going through and your reality doesn't seem that severe. So it was really interesting when Jen was going through what she was going through to have people reaching out to me saying like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, for what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not the one that's 37 like, weeks pregnant. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, yeah. don't feel sorry for me. Like, feel sorry <laughs> for Jen. This is horrible. Yeah. And like, give me the strength if you want, like pray for me to have the strength to help mm-hmm. comfort and support her through mm-hmm. that. Well, and that's what was so interesting, circling back to that post that we saw that kind of triggered us of like, don't ask me. It's like, like, we're way more complex than that. Like some days don't, some days do Mm -hmm. for clickbait purposes. I don't want to put something out there that could be detrimental 
to my mental health in the future because you saw one time that I posted stop asking me whenever I was in a bad mm-hmm. mood and mm-hmm. now you're never going to ask me again. So it really is amazing to have those people in your life like Kirsten does that says, hey, in this moment, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's also something that I feel like I would challenge to, like we said before, review who you're keeping yourself open and available to. Yeah. Because if you're in a place where you need to tell everyone to stop it, mm-hmm. then, and you feel like you're coming from an understanding place about why they're asking mm-hmm. and you still have people that are coming at you from what then I guess would be an inconsiderate place. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you available to that person? And, and yeah. do you absolutely have to be And because I would say it is very rare. It can be a little bit exasperating the, like, remind me when you're moving and where you're going. Yeah. Those are like, where it's just kind of like, still don't know. And here's the story about why, you know, and that could be like, but it's never a negative feeling toward anyone. And again, it goes back to like, I would always rather choose knowing people want to stay yep. in our life and keep up with our life as much as possible. Like that's such a compliment, honestly. And sometimes I feel terrible because I think because our lives are ever changing, some people are make a more concerted effort to keep up with it. Where I have friends who live in the same town that I'm like, crap, like, where are they working now? You know, just little yes. things that because the changes aren't as frequent, because it's not as top of mind, that I feel bad, you know, in the opposite way, where I'm like, thank you for asking. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I don't ask you more because yeah. it is so chaotic. And yeah, it's easy to get kind of wrapped up in our own little world. It is. Yes. <laughs> Which is- yes. Well, and I to always encourage people too, you don't have to respond to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if someone sends you something offensive or just like it's poorly timed and they might not intentionally be doing that, you know, you don't have to respond to them. And if you right. have a friend in your life that is expecting a response from you immediately and every single time, then I would really encourage you to think about what that friendship actually looks like for you. Because the best friends that I have are the ones that hold space for me when I'm ready and vice versa. Right. You know, I don't look at the link, how frequently we talk. And that's not a measure mm-hmm. of my closeness to them. Yep. It's the depth to when we do connect and what we're talking about. And I just always go back and like, don't answer. And Jen has to remind me of this often, especially on WAFs. Like, I feel like I owe everyone an explanation for everything that we mm-hmm. do. And she's like, mm-hmm. we do not. We don't. Yeah. She's like, just don't respond. And going off onto that on a for people's social media page, this is a little bit of a hot take, but we did do a poll a few weeks ago on, oh, how did we word it? Oh, it was straight up just like, do you want people to ask you? And I'm not going to lie. I creeped on some of those people because I am Facebook friends with a lot of laughs. I'm not locked down my page like Kirsten told me to yet. I'll get there. And I was just very curious because I was wondering, who are these random people reaching out to military spouses? I still have people on my Facebook page that I'm like, I don't think that I've ever met you a day in my life. And you claim to have graduated with me. I, but we probably were in second grade together. And so I'm looking at these Facebook pages and I'm seeing WAFs posting Air Force Times articles and C-17s are landing here and like eight military posts a day. And I think... Mm. Well, yeah, no wonder people are reaching out to you. You're posting all this to inform people on this thing called social media, Mm -hmm. social, expecting them not to be social. 
Yeah, you're surprised they're in your inbox being social. Yeah. That's the whole point of those posts. When I post on my personal page, I never used to post about military stuff, but you know, as last has kind of gone on um, over the years, I've taken it upon myself to inform my civilian friends over there too. Mm-hmm. Because as you get older, you figure out that the military is small, but so many people in your world are connected to somebody who's connected to the military. So I think Mm -hmm. it's important. And that's my take. And that does not need to be everybody's take for sure. Mm -hmm. But I know when I post a military article, I can expect to get a few messages and specifically from people I don't talk to because my friends know what's going on. My friends are not going to respond to the Mm -hmm. article that I it is going to be somebody from high school. So mm-hmm. I think part of it is people just understanding if you're putting it out there, people are going to respond. So it's not right. an offset situation, but if you don't want people to comment about you being in the military, take down the uniform picture. Yeah. Don't post all the news articles and act like you are a source of information. Right. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think that that's you're inviting it at that point. You are, mm-hmm. yeah. which is fine if you're okay with it. But if you're not okay with it, just don't post that. Well, we don't need to further that rhetoric out there either that military spouses are like, thank me for my service, yeah. like running around, you know, like asking for all this praise. Like we don't need to further that by doing things like that and com- making it more complicated than it has yep. to be. You know, we can just, if you want, open up the space, if you want them to seek you out as a resource, Mm -hmm. if you don't, then just keep it tight Mm -hmm. and close. Like there's plenty Mm -hmm. of ways and spots and advice and feedback and venting you can do elsewhere. And military spouse Facebook pages where you can find community. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And people who understand. Right. Well, to close this out, which I think has been Wonderful. And I think ultimately, hopefully the big takeaway here is just, we are all walking through this together. Mm-hmm. This is a very unpredictable time and what works for us doesn't work for everybody, but hopefully there's some common threads here that people can walk away with. But I'm curious if either of you have any advice that you would give or something that you're really carrying with you, kind of that one takeaway that's helping you walk through this time. I think for me, it's the, what I commented on earlier of just checking in with my mental and emotional Mm -hmm. health and coming up for air when I need it in any capacity of my life right now, whether that's the news, whether that's communicating with friends and family, um, whether that's my husband and I, what we talk about over dinner, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'm just like, nope, I can't talk about work today. Mm -hmm. Like we need to talk about something different and just knowing and checking in with myself to know that that's what I need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say anything different. Just being introspective enough to, we've posted resources on, Hey, here's some emergency contacts that you guys need to have and all this stuff. And if you're somebody who needs to do it right now, so that you don't think about later understanding that, or if you think, Oh my gosh, doing that right now is going to be really stressful for me because I don't like the, what if, Mm -hmm then that's fine as well. But as long as you are looking inward, figuring out what you think is best for you, which can very easily change from one minute to the next, I think that that would be the best thing for everybody moving forward right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree with you. And I think one thing I would add to it that has been helpful for me is not to sound head in the clouds, but kind of to just keep dreaming and keep doing the big things and 
you know, for us right now, like my husband and I have been talking about a little place in New Hampshire, like a little mountain house in New Hampshire, which is just like, just kind of having something that has nothing to do with anything. That's kind of a, a dream, but you can kind of pick at it and work at it when you need that escape. Because if you're like us and you're by no means head in the sand about any of this, but you need those breaks, like you're talking about giving yourself kind of creating whatever that escape is for you. If it's a house, if it's the sectional, if it's, you know, a a vacation, (laughs) like a dream vacation, a vacation that's maybe three years away, whatever, just having creating that escape so that when you need it, you have, it's not just, okay, stop thinking about this. Stop thinking about this. It's like, actually think about this. Here's this other thing to think about. Like I know when I was a little girl and I would, was in the, anxious, believe it or not. And I would like, couldn't fall asleep. And I remember I would like lay in bed and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to plan my wedding dress. And that was what that was for me then. It was just that, okay, let's think about this thing. Let's have this space to go to. So that would be my, my addition to it. Your mind is a powerful, powerful muscle. If you use it, it can really change a lot. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you loved this new experiment, this new piece of this podcast and this journey and I can't wait to hear what all of you think. I hope you loved our conversation as much as we loved chatting with each other and we've got more exciting things in the works for you. We have recorded another episode already and we've got another one coming up soon with this extra special guest as well. So there's just all kinds of good stuff coming up as well as like I said, you can still Come here to learn more about new spouses and hear their stories. And I've got some amazing people on board for that as well that I can't wait to share with you. So again, keep up with both of us on social media. They are at Wives of the Air Force and I'm at the American Mill Spouse. And we'll talk to you again soon.